going on, y'all? It's your guy, Dope the Phenom, aka Trippy OG, host of Nick and 30. And I just wanted to know, did you guys ever need help with a personal event that you got coming up? Maybe you needed a personalized t-shirt. Maybe you needed some wine cups, because you know y'all like to drink and party up all days. You need help with a birthday event or gender reveal. Or maybe you just needed a personalized baked item, because uh, people like baked goods today, too. Everything that I'm talking about, you can get at this business, and the business is packed by bits, owned and ran by Megan Sanchez herself doing her thing. Make sure y'all check it out. You can go ahead and see everything that they have to offer right on IG. The IG is packed by bits. Again, it's P A C K E D B Y B I T S. Packed by bits. Make sure y'all get in tune, man. It's definitely worth it. Nick and 30, yeah, we back. Nick and 30, yeah, we back. Nick and 30. I'm back in the building. I'm back in full effect. This is your guy, Trippy OG, host of Nick and 30. And we are back with another segment. And when I say we are back with another segment, I am talking about this official playoff run that we are about to run. That we are about to be on. Sorry for the misconceptions. It's early this morning. Just waking up. Kind of parched. I need a beverage right now. You know how it is in New York. Where's your bev? Yeah, I need that right now. I'm going crazy. But the Knicks are fourth in the East going against the fifth-seeded Hawks. And this matchup is going to be one for the works, man. So let's definitely dive into it. Let's dive into it. But before we do, we're going to take a quick pause. You want to know why? Because, oh my goodness, it's about to get hectic. So take a moment of silence for all these hating fans that we have. One moment. We're going to take this moment of silence now. All right, let's get back to it because we don't got no more time for these hating fans. We're going to definitely put up because we definitely been putting up and shutting up all the haters. So with this one segment, we're going to go ahead and get into the fact of what are the predictions of the game? How would this series go? Who needs to step up? Who has to sit there and do what is needed for us to make sure we get this win and get more wins to secure this round to get to the next round? So with that being said... First things first, we have to lock down, which is the key objective. And everybody would say, you know, maybe the key objective should be Trey Young. No, that should not be it at all. The key factor of this series is locking up the paint because they have two front court problems in Clint Capella and John Collins. Now, these two can sit there and get off at any given moment that they want. Now, reason why I'm saying the paint area is the biggest pet peeve that we're going to have is because without Mitch being in this this lineup, you already have Noel, which is 20 pounds lighter than Clint Capella. We have Clint Capella, which is also getting 20 and 20 a game, basically crazy offensive presence crazy good 
offensive rebounder and rebounder period can clean the glass up. John Collins with being a high flyer, cutter to the basket, has that three-pointer in his arsenal. But also, at least we have Julius Randle on our side, which can cancel him out. But being how we, we still have to worry about the paint, there's going to be a lot of weak side help defense. And with that being said, with the weak side help defense, we have to also remember that our guards or our forwards need to also be able to switch off to the weak side help, but also be able to get back onto their man and focus on the main objective, and that's playing man-to-man defense. Because zone is not going to cut it for us. We have to play these guys man-to-man all seven games. But me personally, I'm calling it in five tops. But that's just me, though. You get what I'm saying? So we have to definitely make sure we protect that paint. We have to sit there, help out on, on the weak side help. We have to also... With, now, this is going into the second key factor, and that's protecting the wings and protecting these corner threes that we always allow these teams to give up and get open good looks at, which ends up killing us either later down in the stretch or uh, ends up killing us in the beginning of where we have to play a whole bunch of catch-up. And, and in the words of D. Rose himself, and I quote, if we do not come out playing hard, they are going to smoke us. So prime example, he's already getting these guys, meaning when I say these guys, I'm talking about our New York Knicks because if you know our roster, we only have literally, I want to say, two or three people that's been to the promised land, and that's the postseason. So this whole team is a bunch of is, is a bunch of teammates that have never been to the postseason, so this is all new to them. But I feel like we should electrify the garden for the fact of we have a lot of people that are hungry. We have a couple of rookies that didn't get to participate in March Madness. So this postseason technically might as well just be their March Madness. It's going to look very, 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 very crazy. So with that being said, and going back into what D. Rose said, it's more so you can have this chip on your shoulder to where, okay, you know, I finally made it. We're doing good. But you have to come out hustling and bustling. You have to be able to, like I said, hold down that paint. You got to be able to switch off. You got to be able to call reads. And then you got to get into these wings and corners because Atlanta is a great three-point shooting team. They have Trey Young over there, John Collins, Lou Williams, uh, Bogey, uh, Gallinari. You get what I'm saying? They have all of these X factors that can literally light us up at any given point if we sleep. So the whole point of this is to not sleep. They got they got Kevin Herter back. They got Kevin Hunter back. Um, Cam Reddish is not going to be playing in game one. But if he does come back, you still got Cam Reddish. So they have a team of shooters. We have to make sure that not only is the paint the priority, but these this three-point line and this perimeter is a priority as well. Because if we do not hold those two points down of emphasis the most, we are going to lose this series in a bad fashion. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the season is going to be a blow. I'm not saying that the season's going to be a bust. Because at the end of the day, we're not even supposed to be here. We were supposed to be one of the last teams in the draft. I mean, not even in the draft, in the in the standings. We were supposed to be right up there with uh, with the Pistons, with the Rockets in that time frame. But look at us now. We are a 40-plus win team fourth in the east home court advantage 
the the uprise is tremendous and we just got to keep pushing we got to keep pushing so even if things don't go as planned we do lose this series which i highly doubt but if we do you know it's still a successful season it's still it's still something to sit there and look at like you know what we did what we had to do we beat the odds but now it's time to really put up like this is postseason time it's time to put up or shut up the regular season to me i feel like that was the debut that was just showing what the cult to change and the whole format of the Big 15. Shout out to the Big 15. And make sure, yo, y'all get in tune with, you know, Knicks Nation, Knicks Wall with their Big 15 gear. Make sure y'all get in tune with Papa Left and his Knicks set shirt. Make sure y'all get in tune with all this new Nick gear that's coming out, y'all. Make sure y'all get in tune with everybody because, like I said before, it is definitely our time. We are here. We are here, folks. Let's go ahead and clap it up one time. Because we are definitely here, man. But after you get into the paint and the three-pointing, because, you know, I got a little sidetracked. That's what us Knicks fans do. We get a little too happy sometimes. But after you get past the paint and the three-pointing, the, the key promise after that, and that's the biggest one of all, but it's a, it's a very just highly standard that all teams know. You have to stay in front of Trey Young at all times. At all times. Reason why I'm saying you need to stay in front of Trey Young at all times, this man is the epitome of Sam Cassell 2.0, D-Wade 2.0, anybody that was a player that knew how to work the system to get a foul whenever they need it, Trey Young is the guru of this. And in order to make sure he doesn't get these stupid ticky-tacky fouls that he normally gets to seal the deal or put his percentages up or to get his team in the league or to help his team clear a drought, you need to stay in front of his man. You need to stay on your feet. You need to stay well-grounded. You need to understand that he's going to hit you with a whole bunch of hezzies. He's going to hit you with a whole bunch of change of pace moves. And he's going to hit you with the double crossover before he goes into a hezzy that may either consist into a pull-up jumper around the screen, into a floater, or into a contested layup that is going to automatically put this young man to the foul line everybody has to remember Trey Young is like a 6263 guard he's very small frame so any little tap to his body he knows how to work his body to either send it a certain way so he can gain the traction to go ahead and sell the foul that is one of the arts of this game and if you learn it I'm telling you it would help you to death for all future guards looking to get in the NBA that is something that you would definitely want to study but it is something that is honestly killing the game as well but we're not going to get into all that. At the end of the day, that is Trey Young's game, and this is what we need to do. Now, the key factors to locking up Trey Young. Now, a lot of people speculated that, you know, we shouldn't have Alfred Payton playing. He's doing very bad. He can't really hold down uh, Trey Young at all. He hasn't done it all three games. Okay, cool. I understand. If that's what y'all want to say, y'all want to put Elf on the shelf, cool. Now, when it comes to me in this playoff prediction... I feel like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In all three games, Alfred Payton started. And we won all three games. So in my opinion, like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So you might as well go ahead and you start Alfred Payton. You get that defensive defensive intensity from the gate. You let him, uh, you know, you let him in this playoff series as a whole too because he's other, he's another person that's never been to the postseason as well. 
you let him gain his confidence back through this series. This is the series to where if you want EP to get back into at least the decent player he was, he needs to sit there and get his confidence back within this series right now. Like, this is the time to do it now. But if not, we stick with the regular game plan. We play EP for about uh, 10 to 15 minutes, the same rotation we would give uh, Obi Toppin. Now, with that being said, you would also facilitate how you bring in Frank Nilakina. Now, when I say Frank Nilakina, it's not more so for a Trey Young stopper because I don't know why a lot of people are saying Frank is the elite stopper of Trey. No, every time Trey Young plays the Knicks and Frank is guarding him, Frank, I mean, Trey Young honestly averages at least 22, 23 points on Frank alone with at least three or four assists. So I don't know where we see him stopping anybody at, but I don't. That's not a stopper at all for those 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 type of stats. So I don't. Yeah, I don't really see how Frank is a stopper. But Frank is a great defender, and Frank is the type of person that you want to have if you got Trey Young and Lou Williams on the floor, or you got Trey Young and Boogie and Lou Williams all three, and you have three different options. Now, if you have different options on the floor besides Trey, that's where you bring in Frank. So. With that, you would go ahead and now I would say you would split some of those minutes as well. You have EP and Frank doing a lot of sharing of minutes the same way uh, on the same type of like minutes based like Obi Toppin, you know, 10, 15 minute mark around that. Now, of course, a lot of people are saying, you know, start start D Rose, start D Rose because this is this is his element. This is what he's used to. He could get us prepared. No, you don't start D Rose. He has been efficient and has been productive off the bench for a reason. And even if he does start, I'm not saying it's going to kill him, but there's no reason to. You want to keep the bench the way it is. Because in order to win playoff series at, at all, you need your bench to perform just as good as your starting lineup at all times. So why would you sit there and break up the combo duo of Rose and Quickly in that backcourt coming off the bench when those two are absolute spark plugs now if you really want to sit there and change rotations to get the best overall value and maximize uh maximize your limits of winning i would say you need to do a lineup of i would say you start with burks as your starting point guard you get alex burks as your starting point guard you keep reggie in that starting lineup you keep RJ, you keep Randall, you keep Noel. Boom, right? Now, on your bench, you're going to go with this combination. You're going to go with Rose. You're going to go with Quickly. To replace Burks in this lineup, you're going to go with Frank. Then you're going to go with Obi. And then you're going to go with a combination of Taj and Pell. Just depend on how it goes. Now, with this rotation, you have Burks which is a good guard. He can play multiple position, multiple positions, but also we've watched him and watched him get busy to go ahead and run the offense and run it very good. So he meshes well with the starters. He opens up the floor. He can create his own shot and he makes the game come and play at his pace. So that way now we have a greater, uh, a slight, not a greater, but a slighter advantage to the whole situation of that. Now, being that you have him starting, 
you have Rose coming in behind him, so you're getting the same production from that. But also, being that Burks was in the starting lineup, it's still the same thing as if he was on the bench and then you pull him in to get busy in the fourth quarter to become the fourth quarter assassin that he becomes. Because in this series also, not only do you need these type of lineups, you need to also remember, well, not, not you, but these guys also need to remember their roles. They need to also remember how, how it always is. It's always Randall gives you the all-around uh, I want to say not a full 48 minutes, but a full 44 minutes of play. Because having to do everything he has to do, eventually you're going to burn out. So you have him giving you a full around game for at least 44 minutes of the game. You know what I'm saying? If he had to play all minutes straight. Now, this is just if he if a person played the full game, never sat down. Then you have Alex Burks. He is our fourth quarter assassin. When it's fourth quarter time, crunch time. He's getting buckets. He's going crazy. So that's his role. You have uh, Reggie Bullock as the 3 and D sniper. Every time he gets the ball, green light, let it flop. Give us that lead advantage throughout the quarters and keep it close so that way we never get burnt out. We can always keep a good game. You have Derrick Rose and quickly coming off the bench as spark plugs to get the offense going and to get us, get us rallied to also make sure that our starters get enough adequate a time of rest in between uh coming in the game so that way it's always the maximum effort you can get without dead legs on the court now with i want to say with rj barrett everybody knows rj barrett is the number two he's the batman i mean he's the robin to julius randall's batman but he is also broadway barrett Reason why, because everybody knows once the second half comes, he may have had a slow start in that first half, but he is Mr. Third Quarter. So, prime example, for this series, being said all that, the X factors to help us get over this hump is actually going to be our sophomore in R.J. Barrett with Mr. Third Quarter, our rookie in Emmanuel Quickly, because he's actually on a league average, he's averaging 18.8 points a game. But going against the Hawk, he's averaging 22.3 points a game. So those two right there, plus great play from Obi Toppin. Because the confidence boost that he's been getting at the end of this stretch, now getting into the chance of getting into the playoffs. Like I said, him and Quickly are two guys that didn't get to participate in March Madness. This is where I feel you will see all three of these players break out and show you guys that they are ready to compete on all the on all of these new levels that are starting right now. And when I say this is going to be one hell of a ride, it's going to be one hell of a ride. Because not only do we still feel like there's a lot to prove. Everybody knows we're still not done yet. By getting to the postseason, that was just step one. Now we want to see as a team, with the confidence that we have, with the city behind us, with knowing that we build good faith again, now we want to see how far we can really get. And with these three, getting this opportunity that they're getting, understanding what's up, what's up ahead and what's to come, and actually, you know, really seeing the, the 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 divine light like oh my goodness we're the we're part of the new york knicks organization we're in the playoffs we haven't been here so long and we have a chance to actually do good and, and really make some noise right now 
So now it's time with their with their leader in Julius Randle leading the way with Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson with their playoff experience, Alex Burks with his playoff experience. Everybody's ready to go. Everybody understanding their roles, understanding what has to come. And then also switching into the to the coaching part of it. Look at Tom. He's not the same Tom anymore. He's not the same hard-nosed coach that'll go crazy on you. Don't get me wrong. He'll still go crazy on you. But he's not the same old, okay, I'm going to run my vets into the ground. I don't really care for rookies. You know, he's he's understanding today's game and has switched his own overall aspect of coaching up just a tad bit to where it can elevate. And now he's actually developing players without costing other players like we all thought was going to happen in the beginning. So you have to look at that too. And then another thing prompting that Derrick Rose said in the uh, practice uh in the practice post media that you'll see, you know, you go always check that out on YouTube, Nick's uh, at uh, New York Nick's uh, page on YouTube. Whenever you want to do that, MSG Networks, make sure you check it out. Um, you you can always see that he he's he understands Tom. Tom understands him, and for him to say that he went from switching it to a Bible. That's what they call the practice uh, uh, format and paperwork that they had, the little binder they had. He went from switching it to a Bible and a binder to like a like a two-page book. It shows wonders. It, it, it shows a lot. And then from Tom after that to say he's doing all this, you know, just to keep his attention. You know, even though it was a little pun, a little joke, but it's just the fact of if a coach can elevate his game and then certain, and then a team can elevate their game, there's no excuses for anybody to not to not get over the hump and you know do what they need to do or even be expectations like we've been doing it all year there's no reason to not continue this and keep it up honestly so you have that now also with Tom in my opinion he's just a better coach this don't get me wrong Nate McMillan he's a great coach he's done wonders for everybody that doesn't know if they feel like he's just a brand new coach Nate McMillan is not a brand new coach he actually was the coach of the Pacers team when Paul George Roy Hibbert David West when all of them guys was actually over there and you remember the run that they had they actually were a good team Lance Stevenson was over there as well that's when Lance was in uh in the prime of his career you know a lot a lot they had a lot of good chemistry over there they had a lot of good people over there so Nate McMillan is not new to what he does, but overall, he's not a better coach than Tom, in my opinion. Tom has been doing this for too long. Tom started out being an assistant over here in New York, going around different organizations, getting this chance at a head coaching position in in uh with the Bulls, with Derrick Rose, getting you know his MVP year, being over there for several seasons. Then going over there to Minnesota to understand being a coach and being in the front office position of coming back to now being the head coach of where he started. There's no way he's going to sit here and let any coach that he personally feels like can't coach better than him coach over him. He's not going to undercoach nothing. He's going to be tip top shape. Now, these kids thought that they had a hard coach before. Tom is about to be on 10 when he gets into his bag for the postseason because he will not take no shorts. He will not sit there and let you fold, and he will not take half excuses or half-ass work. 
he will sit there and hold you accountable. And like everybody on this team said, this is what they needed and this is what they wanted. So now it is time to really see what is going on and I cannot wait for it. Number one, his defensive strategies are gonna be out of this works. And then on top of that, if you look at the way Tom runs his defense, his defensive strategies also are the same type of repetition on the offense, just on an offensive standpoint. Now, here's how I explain. There's a couple of defensive strategies to where he will sit there and have your guards come up and guard on a, it's like a 1-3-1 basis, but it's really not a 1-3-1. It's like the guard is up there at the top. You got him at the top of the key. He's holding down the one spot. Then you would have your three guards to look like they're wanting, like setting up for a three-man weave, but it's really not a three-man weave. It's really just you have both of your guys at the wing centered in a position to where they can get out to the wing and to the corner at the same time to where now they're really running like a one, two, two. Cause now you have the guy that's in the middle. That's really just holding down the middle area. But then you got also your center, but those two play hand in hand because whenever he gets beat, now you got the other guy here to help him on the weak side. So it's different combinations of how you get it. It's a whole bunch of switching, a whole bunch of sticking with your man. If you get beat, pick up on this man. So our defensive strategies are going to be there. This is why I say that we need to stay in front of our guys. We need to sit there and stay on our feet. We need to keep our hands up. You need to... You need to understand the principles of verticality and make sure that we jumping vertical and not sitting there leaning. We don't need to bite on any head fakes on these perimeter shots. So everything counts in, in, in uh, how should I say it? Everything counts for us to really sit here and say, you know what? We have to have good principles. We have to have good defensive principles, a good defensive mindset because with this series, offense can be our biggest weapon, but no matter what, if we want to sit there and make sure we mold what we need to mold now, because this series is going to start off the run if we run make a deep run or not. So to, to sit there and mold it now, we would need to sit there and be like, you know what, let's get this defense full-fledged from now so that when we get across these bigger teams where we know defense is going to win majority game for us, we need to go ahead and polish it up right now. So that way we have it to the T. We got to make sure that our players are, are understanding that this is going to be a rough, rough, rough run. So we need to make sure our conditioning, we need to make sure our bodies are in, are in tune because we don't want no, no sudden injuries, God forbid. We don't know. We don't want anything of that nature. So it's a lot that factors into all of this. But we could also, with this one series, because now we are like top four, top five in the NBA when it comes to three-point percentage as a team, we could also give them a run for their money and, uh, and shoot the lights out as well. Because defense also turns into great transitional offense and also creates openings for you know open open shots and giving guys open opportunities to create a shot or even create a way to score and with having guys like Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Burks, RJ now, uh, Randall, uh, 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 Bullock, you know everybody that's here we have guys that can really knock this shot down and knock it knock 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 like a 20 footer to 35 feet shot so it's like 
it's time it's time to really execute so we need everything to be on point another thing that would sit there and help us with this we have to make sure that our free throw game is on point because in the playoffs free throws play a big part in everything free throws are the way to go so we have to really understand it's called a free throw now, now let me take a time down to understand this because this is one thing you get paid millions of dollars people do you understand this? you get paid millions of dollars and people will sit here and can't shoot a free throw for anything. It's no way I'm paying you $20 million, $5 million, $1 million, $100,000 a year, a month. I don't care a second. And you can't sit there and make a free throw. It's a free shot. Do you understand that? You are standing at a line. You are by yourself. Nobody's contesting it. You have about 5 to 10 seconds to shoot the darn ball. There's no reason why you are missing any free throws. I don't want to hear you're tired. I don't want to hear it's fatigue. There should be nobody missing no free throws. And that's just me. I just had to let that be known. So with our Nick team, we're going to need them to do good like how they've been doing. We need these free throws to hit. Any free shots you get, any technical shots you get, anything that is a free opportunity for a score needs to be made at all times at all times i think they need to start putting this in some people's contracts if you start missing a certain amount of free throws that needs to get deducted out of percentage of your contract maybe people will start taking this free throw thing serious because that's a big pet peeve it makes no sense to why you get paid so much money and you can't hit a free shot it's a free throw it's a free shot you get what i'm saying make it make sense people so you gotta make sure these free throws hit also we gotta crash these boards. I know our I know our paint game and our rebound game is good, but it's like we gotta do better. Because if we get killed on the boards, we're gonna give these guys too many second and third opportunities for for a score. And that's what we don't need. We don't need anybody to be sitting here getting any second chance points. And if they get a third chance, man, I don't even want that. You understand? They are too good of a scoring team to be letting them get any chances. Once that shot goes up, they miss. We need to crash the board and grab and secure those rebounds instantly. Instantly. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's no reason why we are letting them get anything off. Now, they are going to get a couple of second chance opportunities. There's no way that we can sit there and get every one. Let's just be realistic here. But every time, we need to make sure we close out and we are guarding and contesting these people at all times. We can't leave anybody open. We can't leave no space. There's no error. From, there's no margin for error. Like, we have to hold everything accountable and hold everybody to the T. But in other good news, we have one of our European guys, Mr. Luca himself. And I'm not talking about Donich. I'm talking about Mr. Luca, the new 23-year-old. Or is he 25 now? I think he's 25, if I'm not mistaken. He looks like a Alonzo Ball type player. But a lot of people felt like with him coming over yesterday, he is now in New York. Yes, he is here. He's definitely here. Uh, he will be with the team during the postseason. A lot of people thought that he was going to be able to play. He's actually not playing. It's looking more of like a summer thing, getting ready to, you know, try him out, seeing what he can do if he's really going to stay on the roster because, you know, he actually has a four-year contract with the first year guaranteed, the, the other three years non-guaranteed. So 
Um, he's going to be a summer tryout, so you'll see him definitely pop out in summer league. If he does good, obviously we will be keeping him. And if not, you know, look at that contract. You know, he'll be trade bait. So it's either 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 one or the other. But it's definitely a great experience because now we would have him on the bench. He can start meshing with the team. He can start getting a feel of it. And he can start learning now and getting the learning curve now. You understand? Obviously, we want him to do good. I want to see what he's about. Like I said, he's a Lonzo Ball type of player. And if, to me, it's looking like if the Knicks did good, then we basically got what we needed for a lower cost. So I don't see a bad thing in that. But just with him being there gives us gives us another presence of our our international fan base as well because of course you know you're gonna have msg rocking greatest arena in in you know world sports right now honestly i don't care what anybody says it's msg baby nobody's beating us but with actually having the international play having him there to understand and learn the game and getting him ready and preparing him for the next season and hey, just so happened, what if we make a deep enough run? He might just actually make an appearance. So it's it's definitely a great thing to know that guys are coming back. It's definitely a good thing to know that if we do make a great big run in this playoffs, we actually may see Mitch come back. So there's a lot of upside to just winning. So we need to win and we need to sit here and, and just, you know, take everything like how we took the season. We need to take everything one day at a time, one game at a time. Don't think about the series. Think about the now. Think about, okay, we have 48 minutes to win this game. How do we do it? How do we execute it? How do we shut this down? Okay, now we're in the second half. Okay, what adjustments do we need to be made? What do we need to do? What shots do we need to take? Who do we need to focus on? What do we need to focus on? Where do we need to make our shot selections? How should we go about doing this? Then it comes to fourth quarter. All eyes on us. Last 12 minutes, let's go out with a bang. Let's make sure we secure, uh, we secure this win. So it's a lot of factors that play into a postseason game, but we treated every game this season like it was a game seven. And like I said, uh, like I said, like the media said, like the players said, they have been well prepared for every game. So there's no reason why we can't get it done. We here, that's the slogan, and we're going to always be here. There's no more... I don't want to hear no more slander to the Knicks. This is not a fluke season. This is not one of those seasons just because, oh, it was 72 games. At the end of the day, a regular season is 82. We was only missing 10 games. It's not like that other season when it was the lockout year and it was 60-something. The Knicks was still good, but we ain't win this. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't the same mindset. We still had Carmelo back then. Like This is the same team from last year that y'all said sucked. You're still sitting here doing the thing. You've not only watched Julius Randle improve, you've really watched a whole 15 roster, meaning a 15-man roster improve over the cost of a season, every game in your eyes. You've watched a rookie light up the garden to give us a spark again. You've seen a rookie, I don't care what nobody's saying, you've seen a rookie get cheated out of a slam dunk contest this year. You know what I'm saying? And then now we might actually see D. Rose get cheated out of a six-man, but we're not going to get into that. And Tom better win Coach of the Year, and Julius Randle better win Most Improved Player. But that's just that. Those are my ballots for that. But it's time. Like, it's it's enough. Enough is enough, and we're going to keep this momentum. Like, we have a new culture. 
we have a new organization we have players committed to understanding what we're doing and we're sending a message across the league like yeah we're a good team we're getting up there we definitely change but if you don't but if you're the type of player and and this needs to be said if you're the type of player to where you think you're gonna come over here and run the show the Knicks ain't for you because Tom ain't letting that go down if you're the type of player to where you don't want to work hard day in and day out to see the results then this is not the place for you so no matter what, you just got to sit there and understand that if you don't under, un, well, let me let me rephrase that. You have to understand that if you don't want to work hard, you don't have a team first mindset, and you don't understand that there's going to be realistic goals that we have to do, and we're going to take this one day at a time, then just don't come over here and don't see us, don't see it through because this is not the team for you. Like I said, it's New York Knicks all day on this side. This is what we gonna do. I gave you the keys and the tools to what needs to be done for this series. We need to lock up Trey. We have to stay in front of him. We know he is the, the foul guru 2.0. So we need guys like quickly to cancel him out. We have the same type of mentality that can do that. We need Taj, Noel, Pell, Obi, Julius. We need everybody to make sure that paint is secure. We need to make sure we locking up, grabbing them boards. We need we need our guards and RJ, Reggie, Frank, etc. We need them to lock up Boogie, Lou Williams. You know what I'm saying? We need them to lock up Gallinari, John Collins, whenever they got to make a switch off. Because at the end of the day, we don't need anybody being a spark plug because they have a lot of streaky shooters over there. Last but not least, we need triple threat Randall on deck. We need braided Randall. In the words of Theo Piston, if you looked at his Instagram and you seen live, he said, Nick fans, if I got to go take him myself and I got to do it myself, I will make sure he has those braids. He will be having those braids for this playoff series because he know we not playing. We need that bag. We need that all-around threat. We need that guy that's going to sit there and get you 30 and 10 because he's been averaging over 30 points a game on these Hawks all three games this season. So we need Julius to come out bustling because he is going to be the star of this series. So we need all of those factors to play in. But with us, the prime thing that's going to shock the world is you already see how we had an MVP Rose before in the league. We had a Rose drop a 50-point a 50 banger when he was on Minnesota to show that he was back. And now Rose is just looking like a brand new complete player because there is no type of vintage in his game. He doesn't jump out the gym anymore. He's not sitting there killing you with speed. He's a whole different player. And that right there, D-Rose alone, the fact that he's switched and become this player that he is today, that is going to be the key factor why we kill most of these teams in this postseason because He's elevated his game to a whole new level. And not only that, him with the help of Julius Randle as well. Both of these players are taking their game to the whole new levels to the point where they're making their teammates better. And you can't you can't sit there and knock that. You can't sit there and say that, oh, all they did was worry about them. Every possession, every game, because of the way they play and the way they go at it, whether they're in the gym, whether they're at practice, whether they're at shoot-arounds, whether they're in a timeout, these guys are coaching each other nonstop and making sure that everybody is getting touches so they can improve and get their shots up and get their numbers 
This whole team is doing great. But if those two guys, Randall and Rose, go in, then you have what I told you before with RJ being his usual Mr. Third Quarter, Alex Burks being his usual Mr. Closer, uh, IQ getting back into his let me come in for the first 11, 12 minutes of the game and drop like 13, 14 points on you real quick. Let Obi keep up with this confidence and keep up that nice corner three specialist hustling and bustling on defense. Let Todd kill these boys because at the end of the day, Todd Gibson is a man amongst boys when it comes to the Hawks whenever Clint Capella goes out. So now he's going to kill all these guys in the paint with his old school post moves you can't beat. So we have a lot of advantages so that's why I said if all of these factors play in and then prime example and last factor of all, we just need Tom to outcoach Nate McMillan. That's it. Everybody just needs to play their usual game and just get out and just let Tom outcoach Nate McMillan. There's no way we should lose this series. There's no way this series should even go to a game seven. I don't I don't see that going down. If it goes to a game seven, of course. It's not a disappointment because we're going to win this series. But I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. Because it shouldn't go that far. It should not go that far. This game, not even this game. This series should go no more than five tops. Only because I see the Hawks getting one in their home building. Other than that, the first two games at the Garden, we're taken. Game three, we'll probably lose. Game four and five, when we take the last one at their court and then we come back to the Garden to win out the series, it's a wrap. There's no way they're beating us. So, like I said, my predictions for this series is New York either 4-0 or 4-1. And the key people for this one to go off that we need to go off are Randall, Rose, Quick, RJ. And Burks. Well, nah, Burks and Reggie really don't got to do nothing. But quickly, RJ, Rose, and Randall. If those four get hot and go crazy, there's nothing else you really need to worry about, honestly. Honestly at all. Because everybody else is just going to play off and feed off of that, and they're going to get their points regardless. That's just normally how the flow of this offense works out. You got to understand, most of Julius' assists go to Reggie. Most of Derrick Rose's says either go to Obi Toppin, Alex Burks, or RJ Barrett. So they're gonna get they they're gonna get their points regardless. You know what I'm saying? So that's not that's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. Oh, and when I said uh with uh with Reggie and, and Burks, like I said, they, those two are they sniper gang, so we lit. Man, that that's that's enough of that. That's enough of that, man. This series is coming down, like I said, first game of the season uh, of the postseason for us is this Sunday. At 7.30, 7.30, you can watch this game. I believe it's TNT and also MSG Network. So if you have either or, make sure you go tune in. Make sure you lock in. Make sure you check in for every game. And again, Knicks fans, we are here. We are here. We sold out the first two games. 15,000 fans will be in the building. And we will be ready and willing. This is your guy, Trippy OG. Nick and 30 hosts for another segment. It's postseason time. It's time to turn up the tenacity and it's time to win these series. Let's go, Knicks. Stop playing and put respect on our name. Enough is enough. We here, baby. We are here.